Welcome, everybody, to another episode of V Brown Bag. We're here tonight uh, with Vic Camacho and Wong Fan, and they're going to present VxRail vSAN uh, encryption with high trust key control. So, the only thing that I will just uh, tell you about uh, V Brown Bag is we have a lot of Twitter hashtags, we are regionalized, we launched our V Brown Bag Brazil channel, which is pretty cool. You can always reach out uh, with hashtag VBrownBag, and you can see our schedules there. Now I'm going to let each guest introduce themselves, and I'm going to pass over control to Vaughn. I guess you can you can start, Vic. Oh, okay. Uh, looks like Vaughn may not have audio. So hi, everyone. My name is Vic Camacho. I am uh, the Strategic Solutions Architect with ITRUST. Uh, thanks for having us. Uh, we all, and hello to all the V Brown Bag crew. Uh, certainly, View Ariel. Thanks for having us and uh, getting this set up for us. And it looks like uh, looks like Vaughn might be setting up the slide deck there. But uh, are you on, are you back on, Vaughn? Yeah, you can hear me now. Is that better? Yes, yes absolutely. Sir. So okay. I just introduced myself, uh, and so I will pass okay. it off to Vaughn. Yeah, so my, my role currently is I'm a senior solutions architect for VMware, and I work in Sabu, and uh, I'm product engineering, specifically storage availability business unit. Uh, my main product is VxRail, but today I'm not going to talk specifically about VxRail because this feature is not just for VxRail. This feature happens to be for vSAN. And um, I, you know, I, I'm very lucky I work with a great crew inside Sabu, and I work with Jason presenting to get this stuff together. So today we're going to be talking about uh, uh, decrypting uh, vSAN encryption. That's a little bit funny, but we want to get everybody level set with uh, vSAN encryption, help them understand some of the key terminology, and make them help everyone get uh, you know better familiar with the technology and how it works. Does that make sense? Sounds good. And I'll be taking any questions. Yes, uh, Yes, sir. I'll be taking also any questions on the interface okay, and through Twitter. Great. Right. So um, what we're going to do is um, this is <clears throat> I'm very fortunate in the fact that I get to work with some great technologies and great people. But more importantly, it's, this is a really hot topic, decrypting you know, encryption on vSAN. And we're going to go through the slide deck, and we're going to have some questions in a little bit of demo time. But at any point there are questions about what you're seeing or a question that comes to mind, uh, please ask the question. If we can't get to them right away, we'll definitely will get them to you answered, OK? Here we go. So in vSphere 6.5, which is the current release, there's a lot of options for you to do encryption. Um, you may have heard some of these, such as VM encryption or secure view from virtual machines, or encrypted vMotion itself, or vSAN encryption. You can see from the, the deck uh, in front of you that there are certain, certain ways to do encryption in terms of what you want to encrypt and some advantages to each one. Uh, I'm not going to focus too much on each of those because I just wanted to give you an overview because I want to focus on vSAN encryption. Every particular encryption has a specific use case and in pros and cons. So that's up to you to decide which one is best. For example, VM encryption is the hypervisor. So you have the big advantage there is that that VM, 
the unit and has no uh, problem moving from storage to storage because it's portable, the encryption is portable. So then you look at secure boot and what's really good about that is you're going to prevent any type of boot problems in regards to, uh, oh, is there a root kit? Has this been compromised? So there's go through when it comes and boots up with the EFI. The encrypted vMotion is, is pretty cool. I like that because as you know, vMotion itself is open, but when you have an option to encrypt the vMotion from the endpoint, start point to the endpoint, and with single use case, that's pretty awesome. So, so and then the, but our topic today is vSAN encryption. And there's another phrase for that. It's actually, you know, th there's a lot to know about that. And in order for us to, to level set, we need to discuss some of the key terms that are going to be used about this. So, you know, feel free to chime in anytime, Vic, if, if I'm missing something or you want to add, add something to the conversation. Okay. So, uh, you know, some of the key terms we need to do here is like uh, DEK. You might hear that, that option when, when people are having conversations about encryption. They're also going to hear about KEK, and they're going to hear about K, the KMIP, KMIP server, well, you know, also called the KMS or Key Manager server. Uh, KMIP is just a protocol, and it, what, what's the current version now, Vic? It's version 1.1, I believe. Uh, is that right? That is, that's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, that is correct. So KMIP 1.1. Uh, I think I believe it's one out two, but I can look that up really quick. I forget the numbers, the the version that's out now. I believe it's one dot one. Yeah. So what's what's really neat about that is there's it's an open standard and it's it's published, so people can use various KMS depending on your environment or various. Uh, some people say, "Oh, I'm a real tight budget. I need to use an open source one." You can do that. But you have to be careful about supportability and the full picture, what's going on here. So you're going to see called for your data, encryption keys. And the bigger the key, generally speaking, the harder it is for decryption to occur, especially from a brute force perspective. Okay? So looking at this, what this is, is vSAN encryption is, is, is basically um, a common term people call that is data address encryption. You will protect against any sort of breach if the data is compromised. So you don't do the encryption in flight, but it's actually when it's when it sits there. So it could be a post-process encryption, and it, that's what's really unique about this. So you can see the green would be indicating of the virtual machines that are encrypted, and the vSAN data store itself you can see the big graphic there for the, the locks and it's encrypted there. So it, it's really good. It's, it's important for a lot of industries and how you're going to use that. So you need to understand uh, that's what's, what's good about that. So I'm not going to read the bullet points for the pretty straightforward, you know, unauthorized access, you know, that kind of thing. So that, that's good to know. So I'm going to leave her a couple seconds and you'll see the recording. But going on, you can see here's the process overview. We said we want to talk about vSAN encryption. And there's basically four steps once you've set up the KMS. And in this environment, later in the demonstration, uh, we, we've used, we use HITRUST KMS. It's just one of many that are supported. But it's, it's one of the easier ones that I, I like to use. So you can see you add a KMS. You enter the IP address for that KMS server. You establish a trust relationship. And we will demonstrate that. And then you will also 
uh, establish the trust between uh, so I got a typo there. Establish the trust between the KMS and establish with the ESX hosts. So sorry about that. So here it is. Here this is the overview itself. Oh, sorry about. That. So it's one click. The entire vSAN data store is encrypted as a whole. It's not uh, it, because remember vSAN is a distributed object store. So it's it's the a whole single data store that is presented for all the participating hosts. So every object inside that data store is, is encrypted. And if you look at the, the, the way it's set up, you don't have to do anything for the guest. It's, it's no modification. It doesn't care. And no access to the encryption keys. And that's important because, if, yeah, do you have a question? Uh, sorry. No, sorry, Bog. Uh, there is a little bit of choppiness on the uh, on the line, so um, guests or the uh, attendees may not have caught that last line that you said. Oh, okay. So the, the virtual machines are agnostic. Let me go back one up, and it doesn't matter what you have. But most importantly is in encryption mechanisms, the key, the encryption key, the guests, the guest OS have no access. They do not see the encryption key. They don't know what's going on. So that's important because if you lose the encryption key, there's potential for breach. Does that make I sense? Do, yep. And I do have a so, question. Uh, I do have a question from the from uh, Graham. He says, "What's the difference between vSAN encryption and using SED drives?" Ah, uh, okay. <clears throat> the big reason people don't like to use self-encrypted drives is really expensive. Um, it's 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 a cost. Mm -hmm measure and it becomes very customized hardware. If you use an SED self-encrypting drive, you're going to limit yourself um, in, in terms of like a hardware. Now, why, why is that bad? Well, you have to think about agility in your environment. And if you have it at a software layer, you're part of the uh, understanding that you're doing a software-defined storage, a software-defined data center, which will give you the advantage in your operations to be more flexible. There's no, there's a lot of responding to growth, responding to business change, and having that ability to uh, respond quickly, agile, is what you really want in your operations. It, it's it's not like uh, you know turning a the dime, turning a dime, turning a dime corner with the Titanic or a large oil freighter. You, you don't want that. Does that make sense? Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yep. Okay. So continuing on. Um, you know, you, we talked about encryption compatibility is important. I highlighted those things there. Uh, all flash hybrid doesn't matter for vSAN. You can use it whichever model you want. You can use, you know, DDoP encryption is available only over all flash. And the, the big thing is that the activation of encryption requires you to format your, your disk, your on-disk format. So that's going to take some time, and I'm giving you a heads-up warning about that. So if you think about it, you have an algorithm you're applying on top of your, your data store, and you want to make sure that it's, it's complete, applied to the whole thing. Okay, so here's the, here's a, a overview set up. I'm going to show you a little fancy slide. This slide deck is, came from VMworld from Jace, and uh, he, he was like, hey, go for it and show it, people, and, and you know, we want to get the word out to help people understand the vSAN encryption. This slide deck, the presentation, if you get a chance, I'll have the reference for you to download it. 
look for it. It's really good because it goes into a lot more other details. But tonight I wanted to focus on just the vSAN encryption. So once your KMS is set up, there it goes. Your virtual center, you can have connection is between the KMS and the virtual center. And notice that the KMS is not on the virtual center itself. So they're separate entities. And you exchange the, the keck, you exchange the cluster keck ID, the host key is created on the KMS server itself. The connection is made, and then the key, once it's established, is pushed out to the shared secret. And then the, what I talked about, the format, this change across all the disk groups. Okay? And disk groups refers to the, the vSAN disk groups in each host. You're done. You're encrypted. That's the simplified version. Now, you can see that in just in writes, what's going on here from the cache layer down into the capacity tier, you know, how the items are broken up, where the checksums are, things like that. So you're going to see that the – let me go past this real quick there. Yeah. So, so that's, that's where the compression happens. That's where the size happens has the deep dive, you know, so you're going to see that's how the mechanisms work behind the group, inside the disk group itself, okay? So between the 4K chunks, the 64K chunks, the larger it is, the faster it goes through, so, so you can see that the I.O. is broken down. All right, so <clears throat> another operational consideration is that you, sometimes you need to rekey that because keys do expire. So you, if you need to rekey re the encryption, there's certain, certain levels of rekeying data store, a shallow or a deep key, as you can see the impact is slightly different now, and that's something to know for operational purposes. The shallow rekeys, there's no impact as much as the deep, deep rekey, okay? Okay, so now I wanted to hit hard on this, this slide right here, this is very important. Um, you know, I'm not sure your role and your interest in this topic, but Think about some design considerations are very important. You know, you don't want to make sure you hit these bullet points. Encryption, KMS, you don't want it on the same vSAN data store you're going to encrypt. That's, that's not a good thing. Um, it's, it's complex and you can lock yourself out if you lose the key and it's just a bad operational compliance. Anything you want to say about that, Vic? Yeah, you want to add about that, that bullet item? Uh, you're talking about the first one there, yeah, you, you really don't need to encrypt your, your KMS, right? So if you, uh, if, if, if you lose the ability to get to your KMS, then the rest of your environment uh, won't be able to get to it as well. And so how do you recover from that? Uh, you don't, right? So if you lose your KMS for some reason uh, and you're not able to get to the, to the KMS because it itself has been encrypted, uh, there could be a potential that the rest of the VMs in the environment, those virtual workloads, won't be able to check those keys out, right? So uh, it's best not to put that behind <laughs> uh, encrypted, so don't put it on uh, anything that's going to be encrypted. Uh, that your, your KMS should be non-encrypted. It takes care of itself, it manages itself, uh, and that's, so that's really important. You never want to be in a situation where the rest of your environment can't check out the keys so that the data is accessible, right? So just think of your KMS as the valet, right, uh, at a parking, for as an example. So if that valet box full of keys is gone, then nobody can get to their cars. Likewise, that's what the KMS here. So if you think about it that way, 
it's very important. And as you see more and more environments start to take data security into account, right? And by that, we mean encrypting the workload, then it, it makes sense to make sure that your KMS is not just not encrypted because of what we just mentioned, but also that you deploy it in a redundant manner. So uh, always have at least a pair of KMS servers that are in sync with each other so that if one KMS goes down, right, your key management server goes down, then you still have another one that can take uh, pick up the slack. Yeah, well, I have, I have a great diagram that's, that's going to illustrate how that, how that could work in theory. So then you could apply that to your... Okay. So um, on to the second. Thanks, thanks, Rick. Appreciate that extra input. The, the encryption itself CPU tasks, so it isn't intensive. So you need to be aware of sizing your uh, environment accordingly if you're going to choose the encryption. That's going to take. Um, overall, uh, you know, as you add more features to, to the vSAN, you, you need to be sensitive to uh, work balancing to make sure it's appropriate. Uh, the witness itself, if you're, if you're going to do a stretch cluster, there's some caveats to the stretch cluster design. And what does get encrypted, what does not get encrypted is important for a stretch cluster topology. And the last bullet point I wanted to talk about was the core dumps itself. Now that's the, the memory and the information, the information in memory itself, if an ESX host does go down and you have a core dump, you need to make sure that you um, take care to where you place that. There's certain advanced configurations for ESX hosts that you know you output your core dump to a special location. And RTs are in there. Okay. Earlier on, we had a question that was asking about the overhead of software encryption, and I think this slide uh, shows a lot about it. Do you have any numbers that you can say, here's a range that you can expect without AES and I and with AES? Uh, no, I haven't. I haven't done those numbers. That I haven't talked to the performance team. Have you seen those, Vic? Uh, I've seen a couple, right? There, it's nothing that we we have at Hytrust, but um, we have we have done it with ours. Um, we leverage AES and I as well, right? So that's that's the offloading of the encryption by using Intel's AES and I technology. Now they do have something that's coming. That's just that was just announced not too long ago. Intel ha now has a technology called Quick Assist that greatly improves on the performance of offloading all of that encryption. So, uh, which is I forget what the numbers came back at, but uh, it's been published by Intel, and it far exceeds uh, the capabilities of AES and I uh, as far as offloading all of that workload. So your your CPUs won't get taxed as much as it, anymore, right? They don't get taxed very much because of AES and I, uh, but it, that's gonna get a lot better now with Quick Assist. And that's some, probably something for, uh, that, that is a topic that we can take on in another night, but that's already out, and, and we at iTrust, we are taking advantage of that as well. We're working closely with them. Awesome, thank you. So you can see that the, the topic of encryption is this is very, uh, very much in, in demand, and a lot of progress is being made in different directions from efficiency and better performance and different me methods to do that. Thanks, Vic. That's awesome. So, um, yeah, so a little, little bit more about the core dumps. So, you know, when you have the core dumps, they might have the key. So, here's some precautions that you should do about that. 
you know, use a password, the core dumps, the internal keys. So the, the, this, the bottom line is I want you to get from this slide is it, be careful. Be careful with your core dumps that they're, they're valuable information for your environment and you shouldn't, uh, you shouldn't take it lightly. Okay. All right, let's see. Um, so, so some other uh, operations to consider. Let's see here. You're, there's a, this is a, this is, Vic and I had a conversation about this this morning. This is an important thing because to do the encryption, encryption for your, your uh, vSphere environment, for your vSAN, there's a special role that's used. And it's the, it's right there, it's called no crypto view administrator. If you can see that it is similar to the administrator, but not quite exactly as this administrator role. But what's important is you can see what it does and does not do. Okay. So you can still have that availability of, of security because there's no console access to the encrypted virtual machine. You're just encrypting it, but you're not allowed to see it. And, and, <clears throat> and I, later on, I have a resource at the end, which tells you about how you can use open source tools to test for uh, your encryption status. Okay, makes sense. You can see our vSphere administrator should know uh, the role itself is always coupled with the privileges. So you may have a role, a title, what it does, but you need to see what privileges it can and cannot do. And that's good for you to audit. Okay, so we, I mentioned vSphere 6.5 has a lot of different types of encryption. And when you combine the VM encryption versus the vSAN encryption, there's various use cases. And you can see there's multi if you want to keep them unique from each other. If you want to have like, you know, ability for storage mobility, we talked about that between different, different environments there. Uh, virtual desktops, obviously like HIPAA controlled environments, patient confidentiality is, is important for that. Uh, compliance and then dedupilgrim compression. Now, be be aware, and I'm going to say it point blank: uh, VM encryption does not play well with uh, compression and if your VM is encrypted at the VM level and you put it on a vSAN that is using dedupilgrim compression, it cannot take advantage of the dedupilgrim compression. Does that does that make sense, Ariel? Vic, yeah, pretty clear. No, you'll have to repeat yeah, it. Uh, <laughs> okay. So, so uh, what you're saying, Bong, and it, you broke up a little there. Uh, it sounded like you said that if the virtual machine is already using VM encryption, right, through vSphere 6.5 uh, as an example, and then you move that into right. a, VSAN, uh, a, a vSAN cluster that already has encryption, is that, that's kind of where I lost you. Is that, were you saying that it wouldn't take advantage or? Or that you wouldn't get the full advantage of the duplication, and compression. Yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't encrypt it twice. Number one and number two, you you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't have the ability to do anything. Object. So there's no there's no advantage for you to to use uh, VM encryption and vSAN encryption if you want to use dedup and compression. Yeah, that's not to say that you can't use it, but you can use it, but you're going to see some some differences there. So, so if you have a VM and it's encrypted, that's great, and it's working perfect for you. You set it up. But if you try to put into an all-flash vSAN that has deduplication and compression enabled, you're not going to see that uh, 
able to take advantage of the deduplication and compression for so, that particular so, VM. Okay. So then, would it would it make sense to then say um, something like, well, if, if you do have a virtual machine that's been encrypted already, would it make sense to unencrypt it and then move it into the vSAN environment to take full advantage of deduplication compression? Oh, and by the way, it's already going to be encrypted because it's vSAN yes. using encryption. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to do encrypt a virtual machine and take advantage of the progression, then use just vSAN encryption. You'd have to change the storage policy on the VM itself because the VM uh, storage policies leverage uh, VM encryption leverages storage policy. It changes that. So once you change the storage policy on the VM itself, it can be unencrypted and, and then it will be uh, be able to take advantage of vSAN encryption and deduplication and compression. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah, that's a, that's a big sticking point. So I want to make sure that that gets hammered in a little bit. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Perfect. Thank you, everyone. Okay. So you can see the multi-tenancy, the vSAN, you know, what's going on there. How you move around there. Okay. <clears throat> okay. Day two considerations. Uh, we talked about this Ray extensively with Nick. There's some good stuff there. You know, CPU speed, AES, NI. You know, so it's always, oh, the faster processor will have more advanced features for you to take advantage of encryption. You know, how much IO, how much DAO. You consider those things in terms of what's going to impact your day to day operations. You know, speed bandwidth protocol. Uh, the initial encryption is important because it's going to take a while. It's going to take a while to get encrypted. But after the fact, it's it's pretty pretty much you know under the covers. You don't you don't see much going on there, okay. And uh, understanding how the KMS and placement cluster. I'm gonna look at on this bullet point right there. The last one. I want to show you a graphic which will help illustrate that a little bit better. So if you look at a single situation, you can see this is a single site. Uh, this is a re repeating GIF here. So you can see uh, like what. It mentioned you do not want to have a single uh, valet, and I like that analogy, holding a key master there is holding the key in the KMS. And if you have multiple KMS cluster scenario, then you're going to have a higher availability and less likely a chance of losing your key and losing your data. Okay. Then if you go to a situation where um, you want to go to a, a multi-site, then you want to use a larger cluster that has a a high availability within the single site itself. So site A and site B have a spread cluster between the two. And uh, you see how it's, it makes it, it has higher availability within site and intra-site because they can rely on each other right there. It's spread across the way. And looking from uh, VMworld, obviously you can see that and Mike Foley, uh, security deep dives about uh, KMS topology considerations. Again, the, the most important thing is to make sure you have high availability for your KMS, whatever vendor you choose. Um, choose a, a vendor that has been tested and approved for supportability. So that means, let's go back to uh, this here. I want to make sure that we understand the placement for your KMS outside of the vSAN and the clustering and necessity for a production sensitive environments or any environment for the matter that's going to be uh, using a vSAN encryption. Okay. So, Vong, if, if, if we may, if we can, can we go back one slide? Okay. I wanted to uh, point out uh, on the use case slide, right? Because we're, VMware does offer yeah, vSphere encryption. 
they offer vSAN encryption, right? And so I think it's important for folks to understand that, that yep. there are use cases for each one, right? So vSphere uh, encryption, uh, those are one-off VMs that are being encrypted, right? You can apply the encryption policy to a single VM or a multitude of VMs, right? And when you would use that, especially if you have VMs that are right. very mobile and portable, and they need to vMotion from one cluster or another cluster, right? So if you have stretched clusters, uh, as an example. In the vSAN scenario, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, but my understanding is that because the, the cluster, the entire cluster is encrypted, if the virtual machine moves outside of the vSAN cluster, then it has to be, it, it would be deep decrypted, right? Because it's moving outside of that cluster. So those VMs aren't as portable. They can certainly move right. around and vMotion around within the vSAN cluster. There's no impact there. But if those virtual machines do need to be more portable and maybe move across, right? So there are use cases, business use cases, where virtual machines do yeah, have exactly. to move. Exactly. You're right. As an example, right, moving from a vSAN cluster. Right, that, on and thank you for highlighting that. That's important. Right. So, so a vSAN cluster on-prem, and yeah. let's say that virtual workload also has to move into the cloud, right, where they may, you may or may not have vSAN up in the cloud. So you know, that may not be a good candidate for vSAN. So it just, so v, VMware has the ability to match, to meet both of those requirements. Uh, and then likewise, with the other part of that, yeah. if you do need multi-cloud, if you do have multi-cloud environments where you have on-prem and at least one cloud, or maybe two, then there are other ways of encrypting, right? And that's, you know, with the help of, of, of Hytrus, obviously, but, uh, so there's use cases. Well, that, VMware that's, that's the, the whole ability. point. Understanding, yeah. So yeah, so now we, we have the ability to meet uh, VMware customers' requirements across the board, right? And that's using, you know, vSphere and uh, 6.5 and vSAN 6.6 Enterprise. Exactly, and that's, that's the whole point. I mean, you know, their encryption is, is a big deal. Uh, it's a, no, no, you're 100% you're spot on, Vic. Uh, encryption is a big deal. So there's different methodologies of encryption available in vSphere 6.5. So you have to understand your use case of what's going to be important for you. The mobility is a big deal for uh, for the virtual machines, and then you have the, the ability of of having an entire efficiency for the vSAN itself and simple. Again, if you're on a traditional array, you don't have necessarily the advanced features of of, of uh, data address encryption. So you want to take advantage of what you do have, and and using the vSphere six five, you can. Simply with a couple of clicks, encrypt your uh, your virtual machine at that level, and you're guaranteed some sort of a safety net in case it gets compromised. Does that make sense? So, yeah, 100%. You're right there, Vic, and it's it's good to draw that out because that the slide is a really busy slide. But having the understanding of the use cases for when you would want to use a VM encryption or when you'd want to use a vSAN encryption is very important. I focus on the deduplicate compression, but you know, Vic wanted to make sure everybody understood that the storage and mobility is important of understanding, you know, when you would use it. And if you look at the traditional array itself, you want to understand that too. So th mm. those are some use cases and it could be a deep dive conversation to make sure you use the right encryption for your environment. Okay. Thank you, Bob. So I'm going to switch over to a demo to show how encryption is going to work. Uh, we, still have, we still have time. Yes, sir. Take, take all the time you want. 
All right. So just to summarize before we close it up, ease of deployment and flexibility, your choice. We, we, we try to emphasize that. And it's bottom line, it's secure. So you can do what you want to do, how you want to set up your KMSs and what, what environment, what vendor you want to use, how easy it is to use. Um, I, for this demonstration, we use HiTrust because it's simple, it's easy, powerful, but you know, you may have a different vendor you like to use and it's all compliant. That's the most important and supported. So he, this, is a, this is an important page. I want you to make sure you guys uh, make note of that. Um, VMware um, group in Cebu has some awesome things here going on. And so does the, the, the vSphere team itself, VMware. These are called the feature walkthroughs. These URLs are great. You want to know more about VM encryption, secure boot, encrypted vMotion, you know, and then you go through those walkthroughs. You'll figure out, they'll show you quickly at a high level what, how to use those features there. The, the uh, fourth bullet item there, you can search to see which KMS is certified. And that's so important for uh, supporting a, a production environment. You want to make sure you have have the supportability to, to back you up. It's because your vendor will take the time to test and validate with VMware to make sure everything works great. So another thing to consider also would be this sleuth kit. If you were to take a, an encrypted VMDK from the VM and try to load it onto that's been encrypted and try to uh, attach it to another virtual machine, and you try to let's say now it's been compromised. You you've copied it down and you think you have the data, but you'll see that with the sleuth, the sleuth kit, this open source sleuth kit, you can't see anything. The encryption sees, makes sure you, you see nothing at all. You, you'll see that all the data is, is, is all scrambled up, okay? That's important to know that you can independently verify the encryption and test it, test it and kick tires all you like, but you know other people have done this already too, just to let you know how to do it right there. Um, and this slide, um, uh, Jason McCarty and Mike Foley, uh, they did a great presentation at VMworld. We talked about a lot more than what we did here. They went to three different areas, you know, vSphere encryption, virtual machine encryption, and vSAN encryption. They talked about power CLI, uh, power CLI methodologies for validation and verification and implementation. They talked about all the steps involved with all the levels of encryption. Um, I just wanted to focus the a little bit more about the terms, use cases, and, and a little bit about uh, vSAN uh, encryption. So you can be more informed as a consumer, as an administrator, or as an architect in your environment. So you can have a, those good conversations that you need. Uh, did you want to add anything on this before we go? Uh, no. Questions? Uh, well, if there's any questions, that would be a good time. But uh, I, I have nothing. I think this is good. I think. Um, those those links there will give folks a good uh, a good view and a good understanding of uh, six five you know vSphere six five the encryption the encrypted view motion that's all all important concepts to to understand. So one thing I did one I took exactly. a screenshot of that and I tweeted it out. But if you have a blog post or you can send me the, the links, I'll be happy to tweet them out and related to that session and put them in the show notes. I'll find you. Right. Uh, there's, there's. I know that presentation is available to anybody who attended VM World. All, all the sessions are recorded, and you can watch the, the, the those, those 
those two guys go at it and tell you all about the good stuff, encryption, and uh, replay. And you can download that too, but I'll, I'll get you a link, okay? Okay, let's see. Questions, we're gonna leave that, leave it open there. I wanna go switch over to the lab environment and show you guys something pretty cool. So I am still connected to my lab environment it's here. Let me log in here. This is a six five environment. Uh, it's it's in it's in flux. There's a lot going on. I'm changing some stuff. But for today's demo, uh, one of the key things we've already added is a single KMS server. And if you go to the vSphere administration uh, web interface, you can see that uh, from the VCSA, the focus you need to be, which I'm pointing to. Hey, then Bob, from there, you need there. to make sure you're on the configuration tab. Oh, so, so just reinforcing, you need to be where inside the vSphere web client. You need to be at the vCenter level itself, not at the data center level, not at the cluster level, but at the vCenter level itself. You go to configure, you're configuring the KMS for this particular vCenter, right there. So you can see we've added one already. And if we go to this cluster and we want to enable the properties for encryption, give me a second, we want to go to the cluster now because some clusters will be can be is unique and this configuration is two separate vSAN data stores okay so that's why we're able to do this you can see the encryption is disabled the vSAN general properties right here so if you want to change that you can just go to edit and do encryption you can see that the KMS is registered and you just turn on encryption erase this is to ensure if there's anything on there originally you want to make sure if you don't want to you don't have to do that at all it depends on your environment it's greenfield or what have you okay and reduce redundancies depending on on, on your environment um, i currently have a greenfield environment so that's not another concerns so if i click okay You can see what it's going to do its thing. So if I go back down to task, we should see what is happening here. There you go. The formatting happens to version 5. Okay. Now that's going to take a while. It's going to do its thing. We're not going to watch it, the whole thing. But it is, this, is, this is an all-flash vSAN, so it should be faster than other. And it's green-filled, so there's less overhead for you to do that. So it has to go through each disk group and go through and apply the new disk formatting, okay? Now, here's what I talk about encryption keys, the operations. If you want to do deep key or shallow key, use this options here. So from there, I want to go through and um, go back to this scenario. This is pretty cool. Hey, um, hey, Bob. I mean, if, if you look at, yeah. Hey, Bob. Uh, so really quick, back on your vCenter, where you're talking about shallow rekey, um, and, and this came up last night um, it, it, over at the uh, top Yeah, 
So one, so Jace touched on this a little bit, right? So if you're having issues with, uh, so for some folks out there, uh, out there, right? They they've used this um, this non-supported KMIP server, right? Uh, it, it's been blogged about. I think William Lamb also posted about it, right? The the, the Python KMIP, I believe the. It, and so if you want to move to a supported one, Jace has a really easy way of doing that, and it's by adding uh, something like Hytris KMS, right, key control in there as a second KMS, and then using a uh, shallow read key to, to make everything come over. So it's not going to be uh, disruptive to the environment if, if people are need, needing to move from an unsupported KMS to, to a supported KMS. So there's a way of doing that. I just wanted to bring that up because you were, uh, we were talking about shallow read key. Oh, here. no, no, that's, 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 that's very important. Is it's, it's all about the shared secret, the key, if, if the KMS server, new one or old one, is using all the same new key, when you move it over, it'll be pretty seamless. But if you have different keys and you're trying to mo move them around, it's not gonna work. Yeah. So having the ability to generate new encryption keys is, is what's really good about that operational feature. Um, yeah, so encryption is all based about shared secrets and algorithms and really hard to, to crack because they're really large key ciphers. So that's what's important there. But Good point. Very, very valid point. And um, you, you may have decided to deploy something that's non non tested or trial trial something just. It's up to you to see. Uh, it's up to you to see what's going on in regards to uh, how you want to change your operational model. Um, like I said, I, I always uh, in that last slide presentation here. You know, this is what's important make sure your vendor you choose for your KMS is supportable and uh, you'll see that that search right there. Okay. So here's that it's still doing its thing, but in the, in, because of time, I want to go ahead and do one last feature because remember how we talked about this right here where we have a KMS cluster. You, I want to stress this some more. Don't have just a single KMS server, have at least two minimum two, three, if you want to avoid split brain, because what happens, happens is you're going to have, it's a cluster technology, right? So that your vendor should, and this is a caveat, your vendor, your KMS vendor should make sure that it has advanced features for these advanced topologies support you. And however you're, you're laying out your business need, your infrastructure on premises or even in the cloud. So that being said, we want to go ahead and take advantage. That's doing its thing. Excuse me one second. You can see here's the KMS itself. If we were to log on to this IP address real quick, I wanted to demonstrate that. So we go to that IP address. And we log in. You can see this is very simple, very straightforward. Here's the cluster. I can see exactly what members are in my cluster. How is my cluster defined? I have one current node is online. It's 99. And you can see what's going on. If I look at this other node, if anything's going on here or not, what's the health, what's the key group, how you maintain it. Very straightforward, very simple. And if you go back to here, you can see that I'm currently only using one. And what did I just say? We want to make sure we have a cluster for the KMS, minimum of, of two. So you add another KMS. We know that the other IP address is the same. So, <clears throat> so we're going to call this HT KMS2. 
we can see right here that's similar to what we did already. And then we just add the address 10.159. It's very simple. 98, the same port, 5696. This is optional, don't need to add that. Now here, now Vic, yeah, I, I'm gonna let you. Yep, absolutely. So don't, don't do this silly mistake. Absolutely, so here's a, here's an, a, a gotcha, right? It, especially for those folks out there that are using like a password manager uh, that's tied to either Firefox or to Chrome if that's what you're using for your browser. Uh, so it tries to populate the password field and, and when you are adding uh, your KMS, your KMS uh, in this case we're adding key control, which is our KMS at Hytrust, um, we don't use a password of any sort when we start to do the trust between vCenter and our key control server, our KMS. Uh, we use a certificate to, to set that trust between the two. And so you want to ensure that uh, any username and password fields are blank before you move forward, uh, such as in this case, as Bong is about to show you. Yeah, so, so what's important about that is, is understanding if you use a password that can be compromised. If you have a certificate that is generated from the KMS solution, you're going to have an option for um, expiration date. You're going to have an option to import that certificate so it's secure. It has built-in CNRs, I mean CCs, so it's it's checked in case there's a mistake. And th those are those those are things that a password can't give you. And I, I don't think it's pretty easy to memorize uh, the cert contents of a, of, of, of a, a PEM file, is it? Yeah. Uh, exa exactly right. So when you when you so, do generate that that PEM so, file, keep it in a very secure place. So there you go. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to add the, the operational function. We're going to just add another KMS to click OK. You've identified it in your the vCenter itself as one KMS. We're going to add another KMS that's already defined in your KMS vendor. And there you go. Give it a second. There you go. So you can see right there, that's that's what's going on. The certificate. Everything populates itself. We can see how it's signed, it has an expiration date, et cetera, et cetera. Here's a certificate, here's a fingerprint. Uh, so you can see having a certificate is obviously a lot more powerful and more secure than just a simple password. There you go. Add it, you can see it's normal, and now you have a availability of a cluster behind you. So when we go back to the managed cluster, you can still see it doing its thing. Yep, go ahead. So, so just a quick note on the cluster, right? Uh, so I, we get this question a lot, and it, and this is just not us, but um, we install as a pair uh, to, you know, a, a pair of key control servers or KMS. Uh, we install that for the redundancy, right? For those for those reasons I listed earlier, you would never want to be in a situation uh, with any any customer, any anybody in their environment where they don't have access to the KMS or to the keys. And so we install as a, as a cluster, it's a cluster solution. And as soon as you add the second one, the, the first one will start to replicate over to the second one automatically. So it's in continuous sync with each other. So you don't have to put this, and this is important, you don't have to put this behind a, uh, some kind of replicated technology or you know, anything, any kind of disaster recovery type technology like SRM or, or other vendor out there, right? So you don't, you don't necessarily need to do that. It's going to be in sync with each other. 
so just important to note that so a lot of people will try to put it, or a lot of folks have tried to put it in a, in, in a replicated cluster uh, data store, and that, that's not necessary. So a personal question here. Um, I guess it would be really cool to have a high trust deep dive one day, but I guess the idea here is that if one of the IPs goes down, vCenter will talk to both of them, and you know it will it will subside, right? It's not like there's Absolutely. one one highly yes. available IP that the devices emulate like a like a virtual IP, like a VIP. No, yeah, virtual IP, correct. Uh, so, um, and that's and that's and the reason uh, the vCenter knows about it is because we added them and configured them right where Vong showed us, right, when we added the secondary node. Uh, so vCenter knows about it. Uh, it knows about the cluster. And so automatically, um, the second one in the cluster will start, it will become the primary. Uh, at that point, uh, the cluster is in an unhealthy mode, and uh, right, because one of them has gone down. And let's face it, an OVA is a VM, and a VM, you know, can come, become corrupt. It doesn't happen very often. Uh, not very often at all, but if it does, you have the safeguard of having a second one there that has all the information that the first one has. And yes, yeah, to answer your question, vCenter does. Yeah, so it, it depends on your, your topology. Yeah, so it depends on your topology of how your how your management uh, plane is, is organized and designed. If you have uh, your KMS, is, is, is going to be mission critical. If you were going to use vSAN encryption or even K, uh, VM encryption, the KMS component is pretty important. Um, the keys to the kingdom are in there, your keys to your encryption, you need to make sure it's, it's, uh, it's, it's bulletproof, it has some high availability there. So there is, yes, VM, VMware provides simple one-click but my background is operations and I want to, you know, to emphasize that you need to make sure that you're doing things that are going to be designed to help you maintain care and feed beyond day one, beyond day zero, beyond day two, so you can make sure that it's a, it's a easier life. Because I remember those days getting called at two in the morning. I don't like that, and I don't think anyone else does as well. So you want to make sure they're pretty resilient systems, whatever you choose to deploy. Yeah, so that, uh, I, I saw you mention. So that's, that's pretty much all I wanted to talk about. Yeah, go ahead. I saw you mentioned that you want to have the KMS server running separately from the recent data storage encrypting, probably in a management cluster, should be yes. backed up. Like you said, if you have a cluster, make sure you have anti-affinity rules so that they don't run the same host. Um, right. Any other gotchas? Can you take like a like an export of your keys and s save it somewhere, I guess? Uh, you can, right? So it, it has an object store, and there are ways of doing that. Um, that would that would definitely would take a deep dive, <laughs> but uh, it, you know, with regards to you know, because I'm thinking, you know, I, I'm being a former VMware badge as well, right? Uh, you know this aerial, um, and and being a you know one of the cloud architecture VMware and being in that scenario with professional services, there are a lot of there are a lot of scenarios that come up, right? Especially with regards to how people have their environments set up, and so best practice, at least from Hytrus perspective, is to have two nodes. Per v, on that vCenter, but you can also put another, a, a, a third node on another vCenter, right? You can have it spun up somewhere else. 
like a, a site B or your recovery site, but it's configured inside the primary vCenter. So it would be three instead of two, and that would be living off-site. So in the case of, uh, you know, an outage or you lose both of the KMS servers, you still have one on off-site somewhere that knows about the vCenter or the vCenter knows about it. Yeah, real disaster, plane fell on the data. Yeah, so again. Yeah. Go ahead, Bob. <laughs> yeah. So having, having, having those scenarios thought out, those use cases thought out, those are all valid design considerations. We want to make sure you go through that. Work with your architects that help you understand your availability requirements. Work with your BUs to make sure they understand uh, what they need to do. And often the BUs don't need to do anything because the, the, the people designing the infrastructure is going to have that taken care of for you. It's going to be seamless in the background. And that's what you want it to be. So you want to be straightforward and simple. So that's why, that's why earlier we had a question about said drives, self-encrypting drives. They're, they're, so to be honest with you, no one sells them that much. They're, I haven't seen, you know, uh, in the commercial enterprise space, I'm not talking about like, you know, military or other top secret, you know, that's a different story. But for, for your mom and pop shops, your large enterprises, maintain those said drives and the extra cost involved with them, it's a deterrent. And you can attest to that, right? Like you've been in a lot of environments as well. You, you've seen that situation. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. So these are all, you know, design considerations. You know, it just depends on the design and what the customer use cases are. You know, you put your consultant head on and you start to determine what the use cases are and then work around that. Yeah, exactly. So that's it um, for, for our discussion it's uh, the it's a hit in the hour i want to make sure that i've covered everything in the presentation that we intended to for the outline um let's see here we have this the questions we got care of and that's it so thank you everyone for your time uh, i'm going to go through here and that's it you can see it's a lot going on here you want to increase your vocabulary get your dictionary down and that was the presentation for today I'm sure you'll get some of this stuff out, Ariel, I'm sure. But uh, if you have any questions, reach out to me via Twitter. Reach out to Vic via Twitter. You can see our handles right there. All right. And, and those are much prettier pictures than the ones I had in my intro. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We it's all good. It's all good. All right. Well, I think Vong, they have, Vong, Vong has a fruit in front of his face in his Twitter handle. Yeah. All right. Let me go ahead and stop it. Thank you so much. Security. security. Yeah, no kidding. Thank you so much uh, for presenting today. We really appreciate it. And thank you for giving us the contact information to continue having the conversation. All right, everybody. Oh, one, one last thing. Sure. I just want to reiterate because the, we really talked about VxRail and then ReadyNotes. The VxRail solution is great for some people and your use case, but the technology we discussed today of VMware, uh, you know, supporting uh, vSAN encryption is 100% is, is valid for a VxRail. You need an external KMS, you need an external vCenter to make sure that it works correctly. So, so what we discussed today is applicable as well, okay? Sounds great. Thank you so much, guys. I will stop the recording now. <laughs>